Um, welcome to Simper Reformando. Here we are. John and I are happy to record this, considering heavenly reward. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to be rewarded for doing this or not, John. But uh, we're going to. You gonna... know what? I already am. It's called the hope of the gospel has been increased Amen. in my heart. So there's all the reward I need. So people might rightly ask, all right, what about a judgment according to works? And mm-hmm. what about reward? Yep. How do you guys process this? And yep. how do you think about it? We have some things to say. We're not going to be able to definitively and exhaustively answer the question because there are things that the Lord has not spoken to explicitly yeah. in detail. But we can say some general things, some biblical things, some things even from our own confession that might shed some light on this conversation and I trust be helpful to the listeners. So John, just your first thought and then I'll just play off of you. Yeah, I got some controversial thoughts <laughs> and then I have some clar- clarifying thoughts. I think some of my thoughts are going to be up for debate. You're nothing if not a shock jock, John. I try my try my best, try my best. Um, you know, sometimes people say, you know, uh, we're going to stand before the judgment day, and that which was done mm-hmm. for the Lord will last, and that which wasn't will burn. You know, sure. And they they would say, well, see, it matters. And I'm like, dude, I couldn't agree with you more. What we mm-hmm. do on this earth, it it matters, of course, way matters. more than we give it credit. Yeah. Uh, I think Second Peter has probably been the thing that's thumped me upside the head more than anything when it talks mm-hmm. about being ineffective and unfruitful. But I love what he does there. You know, I always, we just read that over and over and over again. But the first three verses, first five verses, he does the same thing in First Peter that he does in Second Peter. It's like mm-hmm. your salvation and your inheritance is wrapped up in something that has nothing to do with your performance, has yeah. everything to do with God's mercy and grace. Now, because of that, therefore, like you talked to that, the even words he uses is add to that, meaning like this is the reality about you. And that's not changing. Now, from that identity forward, you're going to do these actions. Then he says, if you're not, you're really an ineffective uh, kingdom member is what you are. Well, what are kingdom members doing? They're, first of all, caring for the other people in the kingdom, right? Encouraging, building, strengthening one another. They're growing in their knowledge and love of Christ. And they're Mm -hmm. taking the salt and light of the world by means of the gospel. And they're spreading it. And, yeah, you can be really ineffective at caring and at growing. And it's sharing. And at the end of your life, you could hold all the things that you've done and it burns away and says, yeah, your life didn't really, wasn't of value to the kingdom. But <laughs> this is the insanity. When you get to heaven, you get a full reward because yeah. Christ earned it for you. He really yeah. did everything. Yeah. In It's not, it cannot fade. It cannot be no. defiled and it does, it cannot change. Right. So we will, when it comes to the judgment seat, we either stand represented by Christ or by Adam effectively. Right. Yep. We're either in Christ or we're in Adam corrupt, you know, and dead in our trespasses and sins. And if we're in Christ, then he's our representative. And that means that his obedience is counted as, as ours. His righteousness is counted as ours. Mm. And that is the ground of our acceptance always. And then there is a sense in which we will be rewarded for our faithfulness. And we're going to be shocked, I think, by that. Like, we're going to have that, re- like, Lord, when did we do this stuff? That's going to be our response, right? I mean, you see this even in like the Olivet Discourse and all that kind of stuff, uh, or there in Matthew 24, 25. When did we do this? We're not even going to realize all the things that we did, you know, for which we're going to be rewarded. We're going to be told, well done, good and faithful servant. And that is astonishing. And that is of grace, right? And I'm going to read a couple of chapters from our confession on, it's chapter 16, or not a couple chapters, a couple paragraphs, sorry, 
to scare everybody. Um, <laughs> chapter 16 on good works. I think this is useful. This is paragraph five and six. Because I think this frames the conversation about works and reward and everything pretty well. So 16.5 reads this way. We cannot, even by our best works, mm-hmm. merit pardon of sin or eternal life from God's hand due to the huge disproportion between our works and the glory to come and the infinite distance between us and God. By these works, we can neither benefit God nor satisfy him for the debt of our former sins. When we have done all we can, we have only done our duty and are unprofitable servants. Since our good works are good, they must proceed from his spirit. And since they are performed by us, they are defiled and mixed with so much weakness and imperfection that they cannot withstand the severity of God's punishment. Now, the confession's already said that our ability to do good works arises wholly and only from the Spirit of Christ in us. So that's important already. Then we're, it's pretty good language here, really good language about what our works are and what they cannot earn. Then we get to paragraph six. Nevertheless, believers are accepted through Christ and thus their good works are also accepted in him. This acceptance does not mean our good works are completely blameless and irreproachable in God's sight. Instead, God views them in his son. And so he is pleased to accept and reward that which is sincere, even though it is accompanied by many weaknesses and imperfections. So the the point is... Can I just interject? Not by some, but by many. By many. So all of our works, all of our best works are tainted with sin. None of them can stand on their own merit. So what the point is this. The reward that we will get and the the commendation that we will receive has nothing to do with our merit. Mm -mm. It has everything to do with God's grace. And it has everything to do with the Spirit of Christ working in and through us. And I think Mike Horton is good on this when he talks this way about what is this going to be like? I mean, we're not given a vivid description or a detailed description at all Mm -hmm. of what this kind of reward according to works or how this is going to go down. But he says, you know, I I think we're on the right track if we think of it this way, where we're all like, think of this massive assembly, like of this multitude that no one can count. We're all there because of Christ. We're all there for him. And then we're going to celebrate good works done in faith in Christ. like, And we're going to be standing, he says, we're going to be standing on the tabletops celebrating the good works done by our brothers and sisters for Christ's sake. Amen. You know, And I think that's a much better way to think of it. Mm. It's not going to be this very self-centered, self-serving, like, well, you know, who has the bigger plot of land and who has the bigger mansion in heaven? Yeah. You know, and, and who it's because that's typically how we think of it. And who's going to store up the most crowns and well, dude, all I was this. told in college that I, you'll shine like you'll shine brighter like the star. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I, the I think the more you evangelize. Yeah. So I think that the biblical presentation just doesn't lend itself to that kind of interpretation. And I think that this other stuff where we say that, man, the fact that we are going to be told well done is going to surprise and astonish us. And we're going to be overwhelmed by gratitude and realize mm. that that is such a gracious statement and that we are receiving a kingdom from our loving heavenly father who delights to give it to us. Yeah. You it know? makes sense in the work of the kingdom too. So you have church, you have the church, right? And the church is made up of multiple body, multiple body members, but one body. And right. Paul creates a significance. So does Peter create a significance of that body so that you don't have some people going, I really want to be the mouthpiece because they're the ones who get all the glory in heaven. Exactly. That's just not the indication that's given at all. Not at what, all. At all, no. right? So you have a unit, you have an army of God's people 
uh, flooding the gates of hell with the gospel, right? They're they're just going, I shouldn't say hell, but they're flooding the entire world with the salt and light of Christ. And we all are like, look, we can't wait for Christ to come back because then he's glorified and we get to be in his presence. And and I love this concept because, you know, Justin, Theocast, this would be my last comment and then I'll throw it over to you to close us down. But Theocast has tried really hard to draw people to the light. We want to encourage people towards something, not pull people away from something. And when you learn the the joy and the benefits of loving people and seeing them liberated from their sin and find the joy of Christ, you learn how to let us set aside weight. You learn how to set aside sin, yeah. right? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, you learn that you've got to protect your mind from the world intoxicating it. And it make and you want to, because you're like, listen, this this struggle and this strife against, and Justin and I can say, ministry is hard. Theocast ministry is hard. Church ministry is hard. But we look at what yeah. the benefit is, and the benefit is people are finding joy in Christ. And so I read this, and he says, you know, though for a little while, you might be mm. suffering, but we, Justin and I have reasons to rejoice. Now, sometimes I have to remind him, hey, bro, this is why we rejoice. And at times you're like, hey, Moff, this is why we rejoice and remind ourselves this is but temporary. This is a temporary labor right. and remember what the hope of Christ is. So, you know, can you say, do rewards motivate us? If you, th- if you remember that the reward is already waiting for you, yes. If you mm. think you're adding yeah. to it, nah. So we talk sometimes Agree 100% with you. We talk sometimes about the otherworldliness of confessionalism. Mm -hmm. And I think this is related to the conversation we're having today. Mm -hmm. Because I think a a healthier perspective is not so much this like, you know, I'm just going to stack a bunch of crowns up for myself Mm -hmm. when it comes to thinking about my my good works or pursuit of those things. I I think even the language of scripture, you know, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven uh, or, you know, pursue first his kingdom and his Mm -hmm. righteousness you know, and everything will be added unto you. What, what effectively is the exhortation there? The exhortation is don't live for this life, right? Don't be so earthbound and consumed by the here and now. Live in light of eternity. Live in light of the new heavens and the new earth. In other words, live in light of the life to come. Live in light of the world to come, which again is where confessionalism is so helpful because we understand, John, that our main objective in this really does kind of dovetail beautifully and lead us into the conversation that we're going to have for the pod that's going to air next week. We are, are concerned as pastors to prepare our people for the world to come. Yes. Not to turn this world into the new Jerusalem, because that's, that's right. not what we understand we're called to. But actually, God is going to usher in his kingdom. Yeah. Jesus will bring it, right? The heavenly Jerusalem will come down. And we are trying to prepare ourselves and our people, and we're inviting others in, right, to mm-hmm. these outposts of the kingdom of God called churches. We're inviting people in, and what we're trying to do is prepare one another for that life to come and that world to come. We're aiming to encourage one another in the hope that we have. We're aiming to encourage one another and, and exhort one another and even admonish one another sometimes like, hey, don't live for this life only. That's right. Don't be so mired in these concerns. Don't be so earthbound in your thinking. Lift your eyes above the immediate horizon of your life and look to Christ who's coming back. And may the Lord, as I, as I said at the end of the regular pod, may the Lord give us all grace and may he give us faith that we would live that way Amen. and that we would think this way and reason this way and 
encourage one another this way. And yeah, there's a whole host of things I could say about our need for the local church and how if I live in isolation, I'm going to not tend to think in these terms. Mm. I'm going to tend to to be even more just myopic and self-centered and focused on me. Whereas when I gather once a week with my brothers and sisters and and I live with others and we're singing and we're praying and we're sitting under the word and coming to the table, we're being reminded and recalibrated in our minds that now the life to come is what this is about. And we're looking for that and we're hoping for that and we're praying for that and longing for that. And let's do that together. So Mm. those are a few thoughts, John. I think this has been good. Amen. And we're going to, record another episode now. It's fine for the SR listeners to know that. We're going to take probably a five-minute break, and then we're going to map out another one and talk a little bit about over-realized eschatology. In other words, we're not going to turn Babylon into the New Jerusalem. And so I'm sure we'll get shot at quite a bit because whenever you start to say these things, it's not like people care about these things these days at all either. Anyway, Hmm. before we ramble on too long, thank you guys and gals for your support. We're grateful. Yeah. For the SR community. We're thankful for all the messages you send. Yeah. The encouragements, the sharpening things, everything. Dude, that SR community is getting hefty. It's fun. Yeah. It it's is fun. a fun group. Cool. I haven't been in the app as much lately as I should be. So look at me adding I know I was gonna say, look at me adding laws. I feel <laughs> this is my guilt complex. I'm just driven by guilt inherently. And so I need the gospel reminders all the time. Anyway, but on the real, we're grateful for you and we're thankful for what the Lord has done through this podcast. It's kind of astonishing to me sometimes. And with that, we'll sign off and we'll talk with you guys again next week. Peace. See ya.